Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for the bigger picture. All eyes still on China and what's going to be happening when it comes to the easing of the COVID 19 restrictions. Yeah, I'm on the lookout for good mm. news and it looks like there is some cause for optimism because of what's playing out there. We had earlier in the week those protests spilling over into the streets, but that seems to be fading for now. And you have the authorities there stepping up their COVID shots for the elderly. So that could also pave the way for future reopening efforts. So of course, that is the hope and the speculation that we might see it soon. So all that is just helping gains on mainland and Hong Kong markets. So we'll see if that can continue. To help us unpack it, we've got Brian Assis. He is the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management. Bro- morning, Brian. Good morning, Ryan. It's always great to have you on, Brian. So let's talk about what is pretty much driving headlines these days, what's playing out in China. And we have a couple of moving parts here. One of them is that you've got this anti-lockdown protests that have been brewing for quite some time, just spoiling over in the earlier part of this week. But now I've got reopening bets fueling optimism. Do you see enough for this ready, so to speak, to be sustained in the coming days? No, we do. We do. I mean, I think it's probably it's overly simplified by the market to hope that that there's a rapid reopening or a complete 180 degree shift from kind of the current uh, COVID containment measures to a full reopening. That being said, I mean, we think that it is quite clear uh, that the country is moving to reopening. Uh, I mean, as as you mentioned, focusing on vaccinating the elderly, for example, decreasing the quarantine period, decreasing or eliminating the penalty for airlines, for flying in, accidentally flying in COVID-positive passengers. All those are clearly moves towards reopening rather than away from reopening. Yeah, there has been a lot of speculation about when that might happen. Do you have a timeline of sorts when you see that happening in terms of the progression or these phases? Yeah, so in our mind, it happens between now and sort of first half of next year. I mean, potentially you can spill into the third quarter as well. But what needs to happen and what also happens, I mean, here in Singapore previously, is that you're seeing messaging changing around COVID in general. I mean, even earlier this week, we saw the publishing of interviews with recovered COVID Mm. patients in China, just educating the population that this isn't always a deadly disease, which is obviously what has been told to them since the beginning. So it takes time to change uh, the hearts and minds of people to even be comfortable living uh, in a more open environment. And so I think that typically takes a handful of quarters. But between now and the first half of next year, I think you'll see a market difference in how open the economy is, particularly if they're really able to increase the vaccination rates in that elderly population. Yeah, Brian, that's a very good point, right? Look out for the messaging that's going to be coming through that could pave the way for a different tone when it comes to COVID-19 in terms of the approach. Uh, In terms of what has been the impact so far, Apple has been among those companies in the headlines because of the factory disruptions. Car makers also reportedly having trouble getting some parts and closing plants. What do you see is going to be the potential impact on China's economy this year and going into next year? Are we expecting to lower our the so-called already low expectations for 2022? Yeah, I think so. I guess we have to separate it into two parts. I mean, in our minds, at least, the supply chain bottlenecks at the auto suppliers, for example, um, and the the protests uh, surrounding the Apple plants, which had 
as much to do with a pay dispute, I think, as it had to do with COVID. I mean, all of these things take time to work through the economy. So it's not unreasonable to expect these bottlenecks to continue on the manufacturing side, but they aren't necessarily reflective of what's happening today or current policy, but they're more so reflective of lockdown policies that had taken place previously that still need to work their way through the system. So I think growth in China, well, it will certainly still be challenged. The market is likely to be more focused on just that rate of change. And so the market will look through kind of a challenging current economic environment if over the next handful of quarters we continue to move towards reopening uh, and we can see sort of a, a path to a resumption of growth going forward. All right, Brian, let's take a look at how you are approaching Chinese markets right now. You've seen the valuations for many stocks being better in the past year, especially in the property sector. What's your recommendations to investors these days when it comes to going into China? Yes, we still see, I mean, even after these moves, China is still quite uh, inexpensive relative to kind of developed market peers. It probably trades at still a 50 plus percent discount to U.S. equity valuations, for example, even though growth will be challenged. I mean, it it still uh, will rebound in our expectations in 2023. So for those investors that don't have Chinese exposure at all, it's certainly a time to look at high quality Chinese equities, particularly those that are focused on the services side or reopening. Uh, And even for those investors that are already there, it's certainly time to to dust off and see if it makes sense for their portfolio to add exposure. All right, get the shopping list ready for those reopening bets. And looking across to the U.S., we've got some numbers coming out later this week and in focus will be the non-farm payrolls numbers out for November. And going by the indications we've been seeing in the past few weeks and just overnight, we saw the U.S. consumer confidence numbers hitting a four-month low. What are you expecting from the non-farm payrolls and what is going to be the implications for markets as we absorb these numbers? Yeah, so I think, I mean, market expectations are for non-farm payrolls to still grow at a reasonable rate, but to decelerate from the 240,000 or so jobs from the last print. And I think that is reasonable. I mean, the rate increases that have been put in place starting to have a decelerating effect on the economy. But at this point, we still expect uh, certainly uh, quite a positive number. Um, And I think that if it's around the 200,000 range, which is what consensus is currently expecting, um, then that's probably, I mean, in line with market expectations and won't have a massive impact. In our mind, still have further rate increases to come. Hmm. Uh, And given that, equity markets in the U.S. are still probably a bit too expensive yeah, that's been the tone coming through from many Fed officials this week, that hawkish commentary from many of them. And of course, tonight we'll be hearing from Fetcher Jerome Powell on his scheduled speech. We'll be chatting with Brian Arcees. He's the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management. Brian, thanks as always for your time and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you. Take care, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.